Section 19 of Some Answered Questions. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Some Answered Questions by Abdul Baha Abbas. Translated by Laura Clifford Barney. Section 19. 43. The Two Classes of Prophets. Question. How many kinds of prophets are there? Answer. Universally, the prophets are of two kinds. One are the independent prophets who are followed. The other kind are not independent and are themselves followers. The independent prophets are the lawgivers and the founders of a new cycle. Through their appearance, the world puts on a new garment, the foundations of religion are established, and a new book is revealed. Without an intermediary, they receive bounty from the reality of the divinity, and their illumination is an essential illumination. They are like the sun, which is luminous in itself, the light is its essential necessity. It does not receive light from any other star. These dawning places of the morn of unity are the sources of bounty and the mirrors of the essence of reality. The other prophets are followers and promoters, for they are branches and not independent. They receive the bounty of the independent prophets and they profit by the light of the guidance of the universal prophets. They are like the moon, which is not luminous and radiant in itself, but receives its light from the sun. The manifestations of universal prophethood, who appeared independently, are, for example, Abraham, Moses, Christ, Muhammad, the Bab, and Baha'u'llah. But the others who are followers and promoters are like Solomon, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. For the independent prophets are founders, they establish a new religion and make new creatures of men. They change the general morals, promote new customs and rules, renew the cycle and the law. Their appearance is like the season of spring, which arrays all earthly beings in a new garment and gives them a new life. With regard to the second sort of prophets, who are followers, these also promote the law of God, make known the religion of God, and proclaim his word. Of themselves they have no power and might, except what they receive from the independent prophets. Question. To what category do Buddha and Confucius belong? Answer. Buddha also established a new religion, and Confucius renewed morals and ancient virtues, but their institutions have been entirely destroyed. The beliefs and rites of the Buddhists and Confucianists have not continued in accordance 
with their fundamental teachings. The founder of Buddhism was a wonderful soul. He established the oneness of God, but later the original principles of his doctrines gradually disappeared, and ignorant customs and ceremonials arose and increased until they finally ended in the worship of statues and images. Now consider, Christ frequently repeated that the Ten Commandments of the Pentateuch were to be followed, and he insisted that they should be maintained. Among the Ten Commandments is one which says, Do not worship any picture or image. At present, in some of the Christian churches, many pictures and images exist. It is therefore clear and evident that the religion of God does not maintain its original principles among the people, but that it has gradually changed and altered until it has been entirely destroyed and annihilated. Because of this, the manifestation is renewed and a new religion established. But if religions did not change and alter, there would be no need for renewal. In the beginning, the tree was in all its beauty and full of blossoms and fruits, but at last it became old and entirely fruitless, and it withered and decayed. This is why the true gardener plants again an incomparable young tree of the same kind and species, which grows and develops day by day, and spreads a wide shadow in the divine garden, and yields admirable fruit. So it is with religions. Through the passing of time, they change from their original foundation. The truth of the religion of God entirely departs, and the spirit of it does not stay. Heresies appear, and it becomes a body without a soul. That is why it is renewed. The meaning is that the Buddhists and Confucianists now worship images and statues. They are entirely heedless of the oneness of God and believe in imaginary gods like the ancient Greeks. But in the beginning it was not so. There were different principles and other ordinances. Again, consider how much the principles of the religion of Christ have been forgotten, and how many heresies have appeared. For example, Christ forbade revenge and transgression. Furthermore, he commanded benevolence and mercy in return for injury and evil. Now reflect, among the Christian nations themselves, how many sanguinary wars have taken place? And how much oppression, cruelty, rapacity, and bloodthirstiness have occurred. Many of these wars were carried on by command of the popes. It is then clear and evident that in the passage of time, religions become entirely changed and altered. Therefore, they are renewed. 44. Explanation of the rebukes addressed by God to the prophets. Question. 
in the holy books there are some addresses of reproach and rebuke directed to the prophets who is addressed and for whom is the rebuke answer all the divine discourses containing reproof though apparently addressed to the prophets in reality are directed to the people through a wisdom which is absolute mercy in order that the people may not be discouraged and disheartened they therefore appear to be addressed to the prophets but though outwardly for the prophets they are in truth for the people and not for the prophets moreover the powerful and independent king represents his country that which he says is the word of all and every agreement that he makes is the agreement of all for the wishes and desires of all his subjects are included in his wishes and desires in the same way every prophet is the expression of the whole of the people so the promise and speech of god addressed to him is addressed to all generally the speech of reproach and rebuke is rather too severe for the people and would be heartbreaking to them so the perfect wisdom makes use of this form of address and is clearly shown in the bible itself as for example when the children of israel rebelled and said to moses we cannot fight with the amalekites for they are powerful mighty and courageous god then rebuked moses and aaron though moses was in complete obedience and not in rebellion surely such a great man who is the mediator of the divine bounty and the deliverer of the law must necessarily obey the commands of god these holy souls are like the leaves of a tree which are put in motion by the blowing of the wind and not by their own desire for they are attracted by the breeze of the love of god and their will is absolutely submissive their word is the word of god their commandment is the commandment of god their prohibition is the prohibition of god they are like the glass globe which receives light from the lamp although the light appears to emanate from the glass in reality it is shining from the lamp in the same way for the prophets of god the centers of manifestation their movement and repose come from divine inspiration not from human passions if it were not so how could the prophet be worthy of trust and how could he be the messenger of god delivering the commands and the prohibitions of god all the defects that are mentioned in the holy books with reference to the manifestations refer to questions of this kind praise be to god that you have come here and have met the servants of god have you perceived in them anything except the fragrance of the pleasure of god indeed no you have seen with your own eyes that day and night they endeavor and strive and that they have no aim except the exaltation of the word of god the education of men the improvement of the masses 
spiritual progress, the promulgation of universal peace, goodwill to all mankind, and kindness towards all nations. Sacrificing themselves for the good of humanity, they are detached from material advantages and labor to give virtues to mankind. But let us return to our subject. For example, in the Old Testament, it is said in the book of Isaiah, chapter 48, verse 12, quote, Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, I am also the last. End quote. It is evident that it does not mean Jacob who was Israel, but the people of Israel. Also, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 1, it is said, quote, But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. End quote. Furthermore, in Numbers chapter 20, verse 23, quote, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor, by the coast of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because ye rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. End quote. And in verse 13, quote, This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. End quote. Observe. The people of Israel rebelled, but apparently the reproach was for Moses and Aaron. As it is said in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verse 26, quote, But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes, and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. End quote. Now, this discourse and reproach really refer to the children of Israel who, for having rebelled against the command of God, were held captive a long time in the arid desert on the other side of Jordan until the time of Joshua upon him be salutations. This address and reproach appear to be for Moses and Aaron but in reality they were for the people of Israel. In the same way in the Qur'an it is said to Muhammad, quote, We have granted thee a manifest victory, so that God may forgive thee thy preceding and subsequent sin. End quote. Note, Qur'an Surah 48. End note. This address, although apparently directed to Muhammad was in reality for all the people. This mode of address, as before said, was used by the perfect wisdom of God so that the hearts of the people might not be troubled, anxious, and tormented. How often the prophets of God 
and his universal manifestations in their prayers confess their sins and faults this is only to teach other men to encourage and incite them to humility and meekness and to induce them to confess their sins and faults for these holy souls are pure from every sin and sanctified from faults in the gospel it is said that a man came to christ and called him good master christ answered quote, why callest thou me good there is none good but one that is god End quote. this did not mean god forbid that christ was a sinner but the intention was to teach submission humility meekness and modesty to the man to whom he spoke these holy beings are lights and light does not unite itself with darkness they are life and life and death are not confounded they are for guidance and guidance and error cannot be together they are the essence of obedience and obedience cannot exist with rebellion to conclude the addresses in the form of reproach which are in the holy books though apparently directed to the prophets that is to say to the manifestations of god in reality they are intended for the people this will become evident and clear to you when you have diligently examined the holy books salutations be upon you 45 explanation of the verse of the kitabul aqdas there is no associate for the dawning place of command in the supreme sinlessness it is said in the holy verse quote, there is no associate for the dawning place of command note the manifestation of god and note in the supreme sinlessness in truth he is the manifester of he does what he wishes in the kingdom of creation verily god has reserved this station for himself and has not left to any one a share of this inviolable condition note kitabul aqdas that is the most holy book the principal work of baha'u'llah which contains the greater part of the commandments it is the basis of the principles of baha'ism know that sinlessness is of two kinds essential sinlessness and acquired sinlessness in like manner there is essential knowledge and acquired knowledge and so it is with other names and attributes essential sinlessness is peculiar to the universal manifestation for it is his essential requirement and an essential requirement cannot be separated from the thing itself the rays are the essential necessity of the sun and are inseparable from it 
knowledge is an essential necessity of god and is inseparable from him power is an essential necessity of god and is inseparable from him if it could be separated from him he would not be god if the rays could be separated from the sun it would not be the sun therefore if one imagines separation of the supreme sinlessness from the universal manifestation he would not be the universal manifestation and he would lack the essential perfections but acquired sinlessness is not a natural necessity on the contrary it is a ray of the bounty of sinlessness which shines from the sun of reality upon hearts and grants a share and portion of itself to souls although these souls have not essential sinlessness still they are under the protection of god that is to say god preserves them from sin thus many of the holy beings who were not dawning points of the supreme sinlessness were yet kept and preserved from sin under the shadow of the protection and guardianship of god for they were the mediators of grace between god and men if god did not protect them from error their error would cause believing souls to fall into error and thus the foundation of the religion of god would be overturned which would not be fitting nor worthy of god to epitomize essential sinlessness belongs especially to the universal manifestations and the acquired sinlessness is granted to every holy soul for instance the general house of justice note baytul adl that is the house of justice is an institution designed by baha'u'llah for the administration of the future city the general house of justice will determine the laws of the nation and the international house of justice will act as a tribunal of arbitration End note. if it be established under the necessary conditions with members elected from all the people that house of justice will be under the protection and guardianship of god if that house of justice shall decide unanimously or by a majority upon any question not mentioned in the book note kitabul aqdas and note that decision and command will be guarded from mistake now the members of the house of justice have not individually essential sinlessness but the body of the house of justice is under the protection of god this is called conferred infallibility briefly it is said that the rising place of command is the manifestation of these words he does what he wishes this condition is peculiar to that holy being and others have no share of this essential perfection that is to say that as the universal manifestations certainly possess essential sinlessness therefore whatever emanates from them 
is identical with the truth and conformable to the reality they are not under the shadow of the former laws whatever they say is the word of god and whatever they perform is an upright action no believer has any right to criticize his condition must be one of absolute submission for the manifestation arises with perfect wisdom so that whatever the universal manifestation says and does is absolute wisdom and is in accordance with the reality if some people do not understand the hidden secret of one of his commands and actions they ought not to oppose it for the universal manifestation does what he wishes how often it has occurred when an act has been performed by a wise perfect intelligent man that others incapable of comprehending his wisdom have objected to it and been amazed that this wise man could say or do such a thing this opposition comes from their ignorance and the wisdom of the sage is pure and exempt from sin in the same way the skilled doctor in treating the patient does what he wishes and the patient has no right to object whatever the doctor says and does is right all ought to consider him the manifestation of these words he does what he wishes and commands whatever he desires it is certain that the doctor will use some medicine contrary to the ideas of other people now opposition is not permitted to those who have not the advantage of science and the medical art no in the name of god on the contrary all ought to be submissive and to perform whatever the skilled doctor says therefore the clever doctor does what he wishes and the patients have no share in this right the skill of the doctor must be first ascertained but when the skill of the doctor is once established he does what he wishes so also when the head of the army is unrivaled in the art of war in what he says and commands he does what he wishes when the captain of a ship is proficient in the art of navigation in whatever he says and commands he does what he wishes and as the real educator is the perfect man in whatever he says and commands he does what he wishes in short the meaning of he does what he wishes is that if the manifestation says something or gives a command or performs an action and believers do not understand its wisdom they still ought not to oppose it by a single thought seeking to know why he spoke so or why he did such a thing the other souls who are under the shadow of the universal manifestations are submissive to the commandments of the law of god and are not to deviate as much as a hair's breadth from it they must conform their acts and words to the law of god if they do deviate from it 
they will be held responsible and reproved in the presence of God. It is certain that they have no share in the permission. He does what he wishes, for this condition is peculiar to the universal manifestations. So Christ, may my spirit be sacrificed to him, was the manifestation of these words. He does what he wishes. But the disciples were not partakers of this condition. For as they were under the shadow of Christ, they could not deviate from his command and will. End of part three. Some Christian subjects. End of section 19. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Recorded in Oxford, England.